Welcome to the midweek Mission Ridge podcast known as Footnotes. Footnotes is here to give you some of the stuff that we didn't have time to cover in the sermon and encourage you to dig in deeper as you study the text. So let's dive in and check out what's in the footnotes. Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Glad to have you joining us this week on the podcast. It's your normal crew of Jennifer. Hey. Rob Broyle. Hello. And myself, Logan. All here to uh, delight and entertain and mess around with their microphones. It's falling. <laughs> the sky is falling. The sky is falling. No, just your microphone. Just your microphone's okay. falling. It's fine. It's fine. No worries. Anyway, uh, <laughs> what is going on? here to delight, entertain, and provide biblical commentary, possibly, maybe, and or uh, extra stuff that just didn't fit in the sermon. All sorts of delightful goodness. Uh, so... One of the things that we want to address is this week's shortcomings. That's right. We had one this week. Rob pointed this out. I didn't catch it because spelling's not my forte. Uh, I'm of the opinion that if you understand what I wrote, then I spelled it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> Roughly right. Yeah. I am, I am more mm. than happy to, to embrace roughly right as far as spelling goes. Uh, Hooked on phonics works for you. Yeah, um, absolutely. I am of that opinion. Now, what that means is that when somebody puts a space in between the words blue and print for the word blueprint, uh, I don't notice that it's wrong. Mm -hmm. Now, Rob, on the other hand, you did notice that it was wrong, even though you had done it. (laughs) You had committed this grievous, just grievous sin of splitting the word blueprint, easy for me to say. Easy for you to say, yeah. Into two words, when it is only one. Just the nerve. How the nerve. dare you. That's, that's, how, that's how low in the scraping of the bottom of the barrel we are getting for shortcomings. We're just so good. <laughs> Yikes. Oh. <laughs> Yikes. Pride cometh before the... Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Who's preaching Uh-oh. next week? <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This week's going to be bad. But no... <laughs> That so yeah you noticed that on the on the slide and in the bulletin uh, it was really funny you noticed it and then you were pointing that out to me and I was actually posting the podcast for this week and I just kind of subtly took the space out as you were saying it and I'm like <laughs> I'm gonna fix that right now before I post it so that was kind of funny but uh, yeah there you go it's a shortcoming blueprint it's one word not one two. word one word well because with blue and print when with with their space in there, it's blue. It's print that is blue? It's print, yeah, that's it's with a an piece adjective. Of art. <laughs> yeah. Uh. And you would not be able to know you like like, well, is it a is it a noun? Yeah. All right. That makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. And you know, I I just don't ever think I, I've seen blueprints. Mm-hmm. And usually if I'm referring to a blueprint, it's because I'm looking at a blueprint, not writing about them. Right. So just don't spell that word very often. There you go. Never would have caught it. Never would have caught it. Mm-mm. But for all you grammar people out there that are just like, I couldn't, it was killing me. Grim Billings, where were you? We don't know. Mm-hmm. He's probably in Moscow. <laughs> he usually hangs that's, out there. That's probably was. He will send us a text. He might. Yeah. Yeah. Where were you? Well, I mean, you were doing the bulletin that morning. 
He'll, so that might also be a shortcoming because people were like texting me like, "Hey, where's the bulletin?" I was like, "Rob, where's the bulletin?" And he was like, "They're texting." I'm like doing a, it. They're texting you like at seven thirty in the morning. Like, they were gonna print that off and bring they, it to church. They were, they were getting really, ready. Who were, was that? Cindy Wood. Oh, I love Cindy. She was all about that life. She was ready I to go. I she was um, ready to go. I'm really proud of Cindy. I'm glad she wants to know where Bolton's are. She was uh, getting it. after it. So good job. Keep that up. Maybe yeah. we will uh, get a little quicker on that. Well, <laughs> we could give her a gold star. Gold star for you. I love that. All right. Well, we have a couple of things to talk about. You only covered like the majority of the Bible uh, in your sermon. <laughs> uh, you're like, let's just take a sizable portion, which includes a couple hundred years of history. Right, that you covered from yeah, like, six hundred, six hundred years, six hundred years of history. Yeah, just a couple hundred you know, in thirty couple, minutes. Not bad. In thirty minutes, perfect, <laughs> sizable portion. Mm. Well, and then I talked about Jesus too. So there's really oh, yeah. a thousand. It was a thousand years. Yeah, we just cover. Oh. There's a millennium. Well, let's talk about six hundred years of Jewish history, and then throw a little Jesus on top for dessert. Like it's delicious. That's that's portion control right there. Delectable. You do know he's G- Jewish, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, Let's talk about first time 600 years of Jewish history and then Jesus on top. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, he did start the whole Christian faith, so I you mean, know, he's a little... I, see I, you, feel, I, I Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like when if, if a Jew is recounting their history and they're not a Christian, they're probably not going to spend a lot of time talking about that Jesus guy. In their the regaling of their historical saga, hmm. I'm actually kind of intrigued by that question. Now I'm gonna go. It's it's but nonetheless, there, it's kind of split. You just in some of the reading that I've done, and, okay. and recently, I, I you know, as a church, we have a tendency to focus on the Jewishness of Jesus and and his rabbinical teaching style. That this was a style that that he didn't create, but that he employed. Yep. And and even the conversations that, the the rabbinical conversations of that time that Jesus authoritatively answers. Mm. But uh, there's a gal that uh, I got a couple of books from her dad, and she wrote the foreword Um on uh, one of his books. And so I was curious, he's he's passed, and she's still around, and I was just curious about what her story was, or is, like, mm-hmm. what, what is she doing today? And, and I believe she's a professor back east. But she wrote a book about the Jewishness of Jesus, and it, and it was really written to go, yeah, you, you Christians have this wrong, which... Some apparently there's some denominations in particular that they kind of reject this whole rabbi idea that there are other rabbis and and mm. like they're offended that someone would say that he wasn't saying things that were far from what other people were saying at that time. Oh. Hmm. So I, I found that interesting. So yeah, some people see Jesus as a very historical person. And they even value what he says as from a his rabbinical style of teaching, and and they even um, will look at 
his parables and are like, whoa, those are some great parables. Sure. But don't accept him as the Christ, as the Messiah. Well, there you go. Hmm. I love it when we have a rabbit trail that just turns up some gold like that. Yeah. Knowledge from the Ancient of Days. Mm. Oh, we haven't called it that in for so long. I know, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My heart just grew two sizes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, we covered just a little bit of history in this sermon. Sizable portion. Uh, and one of the things that you talked about was... Uh, the Northern Kingdom and how they kind of departed from uh, worshiping down in uh, down in Jerusalem, right? With the split of the kingdom with uh, Jeroboam and Rehoboam, right? That we we learned about in Kings, um, or is that yeah? That's in Kings, yeah. Yep. First Kings, um, and so the kingdom splits, and you've got the Northern Kingdom and the Southern Kingdom, and the Southern Northern Kingdom goes off the rails. And all of that, what was the phrase that they're all used to describe? And they did evil in the sight of the Lord? Yes. Yeah. Uh, The other common thing that is said about a king is that they did good in the sight of the Lord, but that they did not remove all the high places. Mm Yep. Yep. And so you really have these two statements, and there's enough. There's enough for us to talk about already on Sunday that I I didn't add that in, but, but yeah, just twenty one times, the king the epitaph says, they did evil in the sight of the Lord. I mean, that, and that was like the the most basic thing that you could say about that person. And there's other ways of saying it. But at least 21 times of the 40-some, I think it was 41 kings, that was the exact wording. And I'm like, wow. Things you do not want said about you. No. Nailed it. Yeah. Nailed the wrong thing. Right there. Boom. (laughs) Goes the dynamite. Wrong target. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So uh, one one of these places in the northern kingdom that was commonly used for worship, then tied into uh, the Caesarea, it's Caesarea Philippi, correct? Correct. Uh, Which we got into talking about the gates of hell, and you brought up Peter, if I remember correctly, right? Mm -hmm. Right, and Peter is up there in Matthew, is it Matthew 19? Matthew um, 16. 16. 16. Me yeah. flip flopping numbers again. <laughs> 16, 19, they look close. All right. <clears throat> it was within three. <laughs> I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> oh, good. Jen allows it. <laughs> it's, uh, in the, it's in the right book. I mean, so, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Close, roughly right. Um, anyway. You are clinging to that now. You're like, I can be roughly right all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm abusing roughly right. Uh, anyway, so there we go. In Matthew 16, Jesus is talking with Peter, and they go up to Caesarea Philippi. And you talked about this a little bit, and we were going to talk about this more in footnotes of pan worship. Because this was, this was a location that was closely tied to pan worship. Right. And it had been used as a high place 
before that, you know, that there's there's this worship that occurs there for a long time. Uh, it's apparently a pretty special place. It's the headwaters of the Jordan. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Look at me go yep. remembering my geography off the top of my head. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the the headwaters of the Jordan and. Apparently a pretty cool, special place that would attract the attention of people and be like, well, we should worship a god here. And so we get pan worship, which, Jen, you thought thigh swearing last week was bad. Why did you have to bring that up? Because thigh swearing is, that's that's kiddie play compared to pan worship. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and tell you not to go Google pan worship. just going to throw that one out there. We will actually throw in the show notes uh, a link to an article uh, that the world may know dot com, and then um, little Ray Vanderlin. Yeah, Gates of, of Gates Hell, of Hell article. But I've actually been to this area of Israel, and it's part of a. There's a larger state park there, hmm. um, and it, it's probably within a couple football fields where the uh, where the golden calf was was set up, and then this area where pan worship took place. Um, now, when you say golden calf, this is the golden calf that is erected by Jeroboam? Jeroboam. Yeah. Yeah. I always get him and Rehoboam flip-flopped. So, mm. nailed it. Uh, Jeroboam, the northern kingdom, yeah, erected so, two golden calves. So, uh, Caesarea Philippi stood in a lush area near the foot of Mount Hermon, um, a city dominated by immoral activities and pagan worship. Um, The Romans conquered that area. Uh, To the pagan mind, the cave, as Caesarea Philippi, created a gate to the underworld where fertility gods lived during the winter. And they committed detestable acts to worship these false gods. It's very sexualized yep. worship, um, and the water that that came forth from this cave it was um, it was the considered the sperm of of Hades. Yep, is my understanding. Hmm. Which which is why which is how the from. The Jordan River, you you basically uh, created this um, offspring that you know it fed the. This is what fertilizes the land. Mm-hmm. Fertilized the yeah the valley became fertile, yeah. and so through through this sexualized worship, um, you you were making you were like participating with the gods and you were egging uh, them on. Yeah. And and so if you worship if you worshiped well the river would be full mm-hmm. and you would have water for your crops. If you didn't worship well was the thought the river would not run well. You know. Hmm. And so you know things would be withheld and so um so when Jesus goes and he takes Peter, and Peter makes this proclamation, and he says, you are Petra, you are rock, and on this Petra I will build my ecclesia, he's literally looking at a rock face 
where all this pan worship is, all these idols are are mounted and and he says, and the gates of hell will not be able to stand against it. So you're you're a young Jewish man. You're going to the part of Israel that no one goes to. This is like the elephant graveyard, the Lion King reference. We don't go there. Right. That's the dark area. That's the dark area. Mm -hmm. That's the no-go zone. The red light district. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and this is red light district that's not, yeah, this intermix. Like, you you take the red light district and you, you make it part of your Sunday morning worship somehow, some way, shape, or form. And it, like it's it's worse than red light district. Mm-hmm. Um, from that standpoint, <clears throat> it's a uh, Moss Eisley. What is that? Don't know the reference. Well, that's a little Star Wars. Go and find the meaning of that. Star Wars Episode Four. That's a Obi Wan Kenobi reference. I just watched all of them. I should, you know. The spaceport. Mm. Anyway. Okay. Moving right along. <laughs> Moving right along. Um, that's in the galaxy far, far away, so I'm not really worried <laughs> about that. <laughs> Touche. So, you, so you, 12 young men, yep. they, get, they get taken to the part of Israel that you don't go to. It's the part of Israel that you don't want to remember your past. Like they walk yep. around Samaria and they don't go into Dan. <clears throat> yep. Like these are the two places from from the Israeli historical perspective. You don't go there. Yep. These are bad, bad, and, bad places. And then you have the Roman pagan worship built on the bedrock of the Jordan, the the headwaters of the Jordan River. Yep. And, and again, you you to double down, you really don't go there. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, "Yeah, actually, we do. We do go there. So we're going right there. It won't be able to stand. Your confession of me being the Christ is what's going to change all of this." Right. There you go. And for most of us, we don't know what pan worship is. Now, apparently, there's still some pan worship that takes place, but by and large, pan worship is not. It's not super common. It's not what it was. Not super common. There you go. The more you know. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> Is that copyrighted? Who knows? I don't think I did the right sound, so we're good. Probably not. Yeah, we're probably just fine there. <laughs> anyway, so speaking of the sins of Israel uh, and erecting golden calves and screwing things up and, you know, just departing from the plan, silly Israel. I say that tongue-in-cheek because it's not like we got this all figured out. But there are some lessons to be learned from them, possibly. Uh, Various kinds of offerings. Yeah, so uh, Josiah in uh, 2 Kings 23 starts to bring some reforms. And at the end of the chapter, we're going to be told that even though he brought these reforms, the anger of the Lord was still burning and it was enough that he was going to need to uh, exile Judah as well. Mm -hmm. And so, starting in verse, oh, 
four, the king commanded the high priest um, to bring out of the temple, Lord, the, all the vessels made for Baal and Asherah and for all the hosts of heaven. So all these worship items are actually inside the temple. Mm. He burned them outside of Jerusalem with, in the fields of the Kindron and carried their ashes to uh, Bethel. That's that's funny. Hmm. Uh, adding to the ashes of uh, of the golden calves because that was there was uh, in First Kings there's a prophecy that that the uh, golden calves will be burnt to ash. Hmm. And he opposed the priests with the kings of Judah who ordained to make offerings in the high places in the cities of Judah and around Jerusalem. Those also who burned incense to Baal to the sun and the moon and the constellations and all the hosts of heaven. And he brought out the Asherah from the house of the Lord outside Jerusalem to the brook Kidron and burned it at the brook, beat the dust and cast the dust upon the graves of the common people. He broke down the house, down the houses of the male cult, cult prostitutes who were in the house of the Lord. There were male cult prostitutes in the house of the Lord. In the house of the Lord. Whew. Seems problematic. Seems like, it, and this is this is a common theme throughout the story in Kings, is that there's these outside influences that come in and break things down. And you mentioned this in the sermon of it's kind of started with Solomon of by the beginning of his beginning of his reign, there's great stuff happening. Right. And then by the end of it, he's looking very much like Egypt, that there's been this huge Egyptian influence. Right. And you mentioned it was probably because he takes an Egyptian wife. Right. So there's this outside influence that comes in. And I think we're going to see some wrestling with that as we go through Ezra and Nehemiah. Mm-hmm. Because there's outside influence and this tension of what do you do to avoid... What do you do to avoid? How do you deal with that outside influence? Right. And how do you react to that? Yeah. And then and just to add one more thing, in verse 10, um, they were offering sons and daughters to to Moloch. Yeah. By, by fire. See, that's problematic. You want to piss off God. That's what you do. Start sacrificing. Do child sacrifice. Seems like from the text, you get to that point. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. And then there were, you know, the sun gods. I mean, just everything like, yeah, everything that they were supposed to look different, look distinct from, mm-hmm. they were participating in. And so they were they would no longer be a blue thread. Mm-hmm. Amongst white tassels, they've bleached. They've bleached. Mm-hmm. Indistinguishable. Yeah, absolutely. Which which makes me wonder what kinds of things do we do as as a people of God today that makes us indistinguishable and. Yeah, what? Uh, 
How's that play out for Rob? Hmm. That's a good question to wrestle with. We kind of, I got into that in my care group last night a little bit of this, this tension of if we're supposed to be the called out ones, right? Right. The church is supposed to be the called out ones. Well, the tension becomes, okay, you're supposed to be called out, but you're also to use the tassel, like, yeah, blue thread amongst white threads, but it's still amongst white threads. So how do you live amongst them without becoming a white thread, without bleaching? Right. Because you still need to be amongst them. You can't just go run off and hide. That that is a very real like you might think, oh, Old Testament, whatever. That doesn't apply to us. Garbage. That is a very real tension today. Yeah. And it's the big conversation of the this whole story of Ezra and Nehemiah. And we're gonna look at different aspects of it mm-hmm. this week or in in the weeks to follow. But um we'll look at one of those aspects this week in particular and and uh, we'll we'll see this play out a number of different ways. Uh, some of it redemptive, some of it not. Mm-hmm. Sure, a mixture. Absolutely, absolutely. Now we've mentioned golden calf a couple of times here, um, which, if you're familiar with the Bible, if you're familiar with you know some of those classic old Bible stories, one of the ones that gets hit on oftentimes is the story of the golden calf at Mount Sinai with the Israelites after they come out of, uh, they'd be the Hebrews at that point, mm-hmm. after they come out of Egypt. <clears throat> the story from Exodus. Uh, which then when we talk about Jeroboam erecting golden calves in the northern kingdom, two of them, uh, anything like that, you should be like, oh, ding, 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 that refers us back to it. But if you're not familiar with that story, What's going on in that story? Now, this can be found in Exodus 32. Right. Exodus 32. Not Exodus 23, uh, as I tried to look for it <clears throat> after I had dyslexic. I'm just going full dyslexic today. I don't know what's going on. My brain is all twisted. But uh, Drink ah, more coffee. <laughs> I, a lot more coffee is necessary, apparently. Um, so now when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain. The people assembled about Aaron and said to him, come make us a God who will go before us. As for this Moses, uh, as for this Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And uh, so they tore off all, Aaron says to him, tear off your gold rings and all that stuff. They tore off their gold rings. They bring them and he fashions this golden calf. Uh, and he says, this is your God, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And this is a problem. Yeah, and it's a direct quote. Because Jeroboam says the exact same thing. Behold your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Yep. He takes this sin of the people where, where God comes close to just giving up on Israel altogether. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he doubles down. <coughs> yeah. Mm. And things go badly for the northern kingdom 
Mm-hmm. Like, none of those kings were even remotely okay. Every right. single one of them. Garbage. Yeah, absolute trash. Uh, the southern kingdom, most of them were not great. Most of them were not good. But there were a couple. Like, we, we already talked, you talked about one. What was the name of a... Was that Josiah? Josiah tore down some... Like, that's... All right, decent. Okay, step in the right direction. Well, and wasn't Josiah, like, a young kid when he became king? So it's like, there's this childlike innocence of, like, mm-hmm. oh, I know this is wrong. I might be making that up, but I'm pretty sure he was pretty young when he became king. I don't know on that one. Eight years old. Boom goes the dynamite Jennifer <laughs> coming in clutch. <laughs> His mother's name was Jedediah. And he did right in the eyes of the Lord and walked in all the way of his David, his father, and he did not turn aside to the right or to the left. See, that sounds so much better than, mm-hmm. and he did evil in the sight of the Lord. Yeah. Well done, Josiah. I want that one. <laughs> well done, Josiah. Yeah. So like, there's, there's some that are okay in the southern kingdom. So Josiah wants to like uh, do an accounting of the temple mm-hmm. and sends in the high priest. And the high priest finds the book of the law. That's right. He f- like, oh, oh. Hey, what's, <laughs> what's this? Let what's me this dust over? this off. <laughs> yeah. Now, the problem is... is um, Guys, I found a new novel. Oh, this is... Uh, <laughs> Man, have you seen this movie? It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the hobbits knocked over a uh, skeleton and it went clanging down into the uh, recesses of the mines of Moriah. Moria? <laughs> Moria, but... Ching, 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 ching. Do us a favor and throw yourself in next time. <laughs> but I mean can you imagine like and this is 18 like he's been a king for 18 years and um just in the 18th year, away in the 18th year so he goes 18 of his 21 years okay doesn't know about the book of the law seems problematic they're supposed to each write out a copy of this, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, huh. all of the kings are supposed to write out their own copy of Torah. And so for the next three years, he performs these reforms. At a boy. Because uh, he, he only reigns for uh, 21 years. So, uh, that, but that's just the, this, this back and forth. So back to, back to our golden calf. We got distracted there by Josiah, because mm-hmm. he's awesome. Well done, Josiah. Um, but back to our golden cat, like he doubles down on this in the north, and it's it's for fear of uh, going to Jerusalem to worship. That he's like, well, no, 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 because we got this northern kingdom, and he's afraid that his people might desert him. Mm-hmm. Even though God, like God, put him in that place, so then he erects his own places of worship, one up north, one down south doubles down and puts up some golden calves. And you're like, ooh, that's a strong left turn. He went. That is not the right way. <laughs> Thus, it's a left turn. But uh, there you go. 
Golden calves. Golden calves. Was there any significance behind it being a calf? Uh, like of all the animals you could pick, like why I'm not one? sure actually. Like why did Aaron choose that? I guess because Jeroboam is just following suit. So. Yeah, similar to uh, the Egyptian gods, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, there's obviously the animals that they worship, but I don't think I don't think any of those were cows. Although I'm not super knowledgeable on Egyptian gods. What? Why not? I haven't spent a lot of time studying them. A little bit, but not a lot. I know there was many of them. Yeah. So I suppose one of them could have been a cow. Mm Mm-hmm. Or could have been because none of them were cows. They're like, well, we call dibs on that. Right. (laughs) Like dibs. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Well, they took all the other animals. Yeah, I... I was I was wondering the same question and I don't I don't have an answer for that but that's a great question. So if you find that, go find the why, meaning of this. Why the bovine worship? <clears throat> why the bovine <laughs> worship? <laughs> that, that is. <laughs> I love you. Email us at info at missionridge.church so that we you can give us the answer. <laughs> give us the answer about the bovine worship. I mean. <laughs> Send your complaints to Gus at LifeForOTP.com. Absolutely. Do that, too. Uh, I, You know, frankly, I don't care. Send the answer to Gus, and he'll get it to me. Yeah. Somebody needs to get me the answer of the bovine worship. Maybe Gus will be the one who gets it to you. Like, I mean, Jesus did say, I am the vine, right? Oh, stop. Bovine, the vine. I, see, I just, I'm not oh making, I'm not getting there. <laughs> I feel like it's a leap. I feel like it's a leap. They missed something. <laughs> missed something in the Greek. Oh, that's so bad. Oh, Logan. Oh, yikes. So anyway, uh, <laughs> calling out that sort of terrible joke. Speaking of calling out, uh, <laughs> let's talk about... Speaking of calling out... Oh, speaking of calling out, let's talk about Ecclesia. <laughs> let's do that. That oh, segue man. was gold, my uh, friend. Was it a golden calf, though? <laughs> <laughs> Can't stop, won't stop. All day, every day. Should stop, but hey, you know. Absolutely. Can't, should, can't, won't. <laughs> oh, well. Anyway, so Ecclesia in the Old Testament... And then we come to this, uh, Rob, you, you dropped this other word on me, Vaikra, um, which every time I see that, I try to write Valeria, which is not even remotely related to anything. Um, that's a Game of Thrones place, but the word just reminds me of that, or Valkyrie, and uh, Thor, that right? also doesn't have anything to do with anything. So Vaikra, what is Vaikra? Vaikra is the first word... Of uh, oh, you're not playing playing nice with me. It's the first word of Leviticus. Oh, and Vaikra is the name of the book of Levit- Leviticus in the Hebrew Bible. All right, Ooh. all right, all right. And so Vaikra means and uh, and called. 
and called. And called. Called. So when you look at the the Hebrew names of the first five books of the Bible, it, it creates this sentence, uh, Bereshit, in the beginning, Shemot, names, uh, Vaikra, called out, called, Bad Midbar, into the desert, Davarim, words. In the beginning, these are the names that were called out into the desert, and these are the words that God spoke to them. There you go. Is the picture that the first of the names of the first five books so Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, yeah. Deuteronomy. Yes. We miss that in the English. Yeah. Doesn't have the same ring. <laughs> it's not quite as eloquent. Deuteronomy doesn't say words to me. <laughs> and the called part of ecclesi- ecclesia, uh, ecclesia is a is a compound word called out ones. Okay. Um, the called part is the same root word that's used in Vaikra. Uh, oh. when, you, when you look at the Greek Septuagint. When you go from the Hebrew to the Greek. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. And so there's this, there's this idea already in place of, of a people that are called out. Mm-hmm. And God takes them into the desert to... to to tune their ears to his voice is mm-hmm. is what the uh, rabbis will tell you, and we're called to that same calling. And so when Jesus, you know, and we don't like maybe it would help us a little bit if we didn't translate the word to church, if we would just leave it simply called out once, because mm. I feel like. Um, I feel like there's this, we lose touch with this calling. Mm-hmm. The word church means a building used for public Christian worship. Mm-hmm. It's a building. Jesus wasn't talking about a building. Right. He's talking about a, a people. Mm. And I don't even think it's even a new, like when Jesus is saying the called out ones, this wasn't, this was never meant to be this, this um, Greek Western A new religion that it, in some ways, became. Mm. Like this was, Jesus used language that talked about Exodus and talked about like really owning that Exodus and having a personal Exodus and. Mm-hmm. True. And so. Well, this is the continuation. You know, we talked about with the ending of the. The last series talking about Abraham, that God is trying to put the world back together. He's got this plan that he's he's bringing shalom, he's bringing peace, he's trying to put the world back together, and he's partnering with this people group. Well, Jesus is the continuation of that, the culmination of that. Um, 
and, and this confession of Christ is 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 important part of that. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, um, and and really the church the that that comes forth from that is the the continuation of that story. It's the grafting in though of everybody into that story. That's yeah, kind of how I see it. Yeah, as, as Paul will tell us later that. God had this plan that was hidden and and that the goyim the nations were were always a part of this mm-hmm. plan and it was something that that uh, Jesus is trying to hit home with his disciples over and over and over again and then we still see them wrestle with this and what does this really mean for what the first dozen chapters mm-hmm. of of the book of acts which mm-hmm. is you know the first chapters of early church. Yeah. Yeah, because Abraham's going to be a blessing to all nations, not not all nations. Mm-hmm. Not some nations. All nations. So, you got to graft everybody in at some point. Mm-hmm. Yep. There you go. I like it. I like it. And it's definitely a theme that we're going to see through the rest of this series of Ezra and Nehemiah. Like we've talked about the tension, what it looks like. Well, that's part that tension comes from. It's supposed to be everybody getting grafted in. Right. And that's not going to be clean. So it's kind of it's kind of like this is all one big story that's tied together. What? Maybe, maybe it's a continuous narrative. Maybe. I could be wrong. Uh, could be <laughs> wrong. But I have a sneaking suspicion that they're all tied together. Yeah. That's what, it's, that's what it seems like to me. What do I know? What that do I know? That's craziness. I just make bad jokes. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> cool. Never mind. Oh, Rob's <laughs> showing self control again. Joke. He was going to zing me. I was gonna make you swear, but do it and you're cool. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) I thought we were against thigh swearing. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. Uh, Rob lobbing me a softball. Jen falling for it. Logan hitting it out of the park. (laughs) I don't like you guys. go home. <laughs> oh, that's good cuz we're at the end of the episode. So <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Tune in uh, next week. <laughs> tune in next week for more softballs. <laughs> uh definitely some uh definitely some footnotes. Oh man. We're just having too much fun here. Anyway, uh, yeah, tune in next week. We will be continuing through Ezra and Nehemiah, just having a delightful time of it. Remember to let us know if you find anything about bovine worship uh, and check out the show notes for links on reading up about the gates of hell and such. We'll see you next time. Bye. See you. You've been listening to Footnotes on the Mission Ridge podcast. For more information about Mission Ridge, please visit our website at missionridge.church. Thanks for tuning in. 
We hope the rest of your week is straight up hashtag blessed. And that you'll join us again next week for more footnotes.